Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Today, we're having another one of these just overall Padre discussions talking about the state of this team. And the question for today is, are the Padres broke? Now, as we've seen, the market is really slow this offseason. We have pitchers and catchers, I think they're reporting on February 9th, I think is, I believe is the date. That's a, that's a couple weeks away. Um, and we're looking at it right now, and the Padres have about, I would say, a good three quarters of a roster. I think that's fair to say. And it's it's a little scary. And you look at it, they've signed a couple relievers. They haven't spent any money. If anything, they've kind of cut more costs, honestly. And we know the, the state that they're in after Peter Seidler passing away. And it's a scary time. And a lot of MLB reporting has said, hey, the Padres don't have any money. They're broke. They're not going to be able to spend that much. They're going to cut payroll. And so far, that's what we've seen. That, that is what we've seen. I think, I don't really know if we fully believed it at first. I don't know if a lot of Padre fans did because of fair skepticism of just MLB reporting on the Padres because they've been wrong a bunch. And they also just like seem to hate the Padres. Looking back at that, Fernando Tatis being compared to Wander Franco, like just a lot of ridiculous stuff. So I think a lot of people are like, I don't trust like, you know, Ken Rosen, Rosenstall or, or people like that. But we're at the point now where it's pretty deep in the offseason and they have not signed anyone or been, been even really linked to a lot of players where it is concerning, where you're wondering like, okay, are they really like going to spend any money? Are they going to actually like try to be competitive this year? I think that's where we're at. Now, with all that said, to play devil's advocate to it, you can also go, well, guys, there's like a lot of players still available which is 100% true. You have the the guy, you have Blake Snell, the guy who won Cy Young last year, still sitting out there. You have a bunch of high-end names. You have a bunch of kind of middle-end names, and there are players at the positions the Padres need. So so there are a bunch of names like that. You know, maybe in a couple of weeks, we're like, oh, yeah, they signed a couple guys. They are trying to compete. We can see that. But right now, where do the Padres stand? Isaac, what do you think? Do you think, do you think they're broke, man? Um, I was telling Matt this before we started. Normally, if your team has $25 million to spend or around $25 million, it seems like, let's say 30 just for the sake of it, just because I hope it's 30 Um you're normally in a pretty decent spot. Normally, if you're uh, one of the contending teams, you just need to sign one or two players with that $30 million and and you should be good to go. So if it were in that context, no, you wouldn't be that broke. Maybe you'd be you know a little bit cash tied cash strap but no you wouldn't be broke well the Padres need four or five players and they only have that much to spend in that context they're broke they don't have a lot of money to spend and <clears throat> you know you look around the league Joey Gallo just signed for five million all right well James Paxson just signed for 11 million 11 million for that guy that's pretty insane Sean Manaya signed for like 12 so in terms of the pitching market, the pitching market, it's expensive right now. And it's quite ridiculous why it, that, that it's so expensive. And from what we've seen, from what John Heyman has told us, um, Blake Snell's only gotten one offer. He got one offer from the Yankees, and that was for $30 million a year, five years, $150 million. Is he going to get more than that? I don't know. It doesn't seem like at this stage where pitchers and catchers report in about a month, less than a month, I don't know if he's going to get more than $30 million AAV. I mean – I hope he does just because I am a fan of Blake Snell. But realistically, I don't even know if the Padres are going to be in on him because he's going to be too much. That's our whole salary of what we have left. Now, there's been a ton of lies, like Matt said. There's been a ton of things said about the Padres. Last year, it was the Padres have $25 million to spend. They spent $25 million just on Xander Bogarts. 
And then they went out and got Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, Seth Lugo, yeah, Michael Walker, yada, 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 so on and so forth. So they actually ended up having quite a bit more money to spend than, than what we were told. This year, it's not just Kevin Acey that's saying we have $25 million to spend. It's everyone. Everyone is saying we have that much to spend. And that's not good considering the state of the Padres. Right now, instead of going for the Xander Bogarts of the world, the Blake Snells, um, you're going after the Jerks and Profars. Yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> You're going after the Jerks and Profars. And, and I like Jerks and Profar. I liked him in 2022. He was a solid player. Last year, it wasn't the same story. But you're looking at Jerks and Profar. You're looking at some other lower-end guys that might not get a lot of money because that's that's the stage the Padres are at right now. You might need a DH. You might need someone like Jock Peterson. But who knows how much Jock Peterson is going to go for, right? And th the thing with that is Jock Peterson might have to play left field for a little bit because Manny's going to have to DH. He's coming off an injury. So you're in a really complicated spot. Um, you have your second catcher is Higashioka, Kyle Higashioka. He's not even that good. And you're looking at Luis Capusano being the starting catcher, which is great. I want him to be the starting catcher. I would just feel a lot safer if there were a better second option than Higashioka. Um, so... Right now, I'm not really concerned in the state of the rotation. Yeah, you need a lefty. But honestly, I'm putting the needs of the lineup above a lefty pitcher, and maybe that's bold. But if you look at the builds of the past teams that have gone to the World Series, especially in the National League, um, the Diamondbacks, their rotation was all right. I mean, there's no other than Zach Gallon, there's no one off the top of my head that I could think of that's like, wow, they were a stud. Like, they didn't have a better rotation than us, but they got to the World Series and we didn't. Same thing with the Phillies the year before. Really, all they had was Zach Wheeler and uh, and Aaron Nola. And they were just throwing, I forgot his name, but a lefty pitcher. And they got to the World Series, too. Really, all you need to do is just get there, have three solid starters, and you'll you'll go from there. Um, now, can I say the Padres have three solid starters? I don't know. I really don't know. I wish I could tell you yes, but I don't think they do. Um, Darvish off an injury. Musgrove off an injury. Uh, Michael King typically does have elbow issues, had elbow issues in the past, and there are other guys that we traded for. Um, I can't guarantee you that we have a great rotation. Now, we did end up getting a really good deal in that Soto deal because of how expensive pitchers are. I will say that. Granted, you got rid of the best hitter in baseball, but with how expensive pitchers are, it was almost a necessary move. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, it seems like the Padres kind of have no money to spend, not a lot of money to spend, and um, – they're looking at the lower echelon of players rather than the upper echelon of players. And, and that's the thing. You're also just talking about the rotation, which we have kind of said over and over again. It's like, hey, the rotation was so good last year. That was it was, I think, statistically the best rotation in the in the sport. And or at least one of them. Like, you know, definitely top five rotation, uh, numbers wise. But the thing is, is like you're losing so many of those innings, first of all. So you're just replacing them. A lot of question marks. But that's not even like the part where where I think we should even be mostly concerned. It's more like, dude, we got one outfielder. I guess you could count Azokar too, right? Okay, we have Cronenworth at first base. Like we have guys that you don't want starting. Like you want his depth pieces starting. You don't have a DH. You don't have you don't have pop. Like it's last year the Padres' problem was like their offense wasn't good enough and it didn't live up to expectations whatsoever. And this year, at this point, they are rolling up. They're rolling into the season it, with what they have right now with a significantly worse offense. Like, it's not even close. And I said this a while back, and, like, this is the part that scares me, but it's like, 
dude, what happens if they just suck? Like, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be pretty. It's going to get really ugly. And, and and that's why I want them to compete. I want, you know, dude, we need Michael King so, to be good so bad. Because if it doesn't work out this year and they're bad, okay, Kim walks. Like, and then you're probably going to start looking to move off of certain guys. And, like, yes, the Padres do have a talented farm. That's another reason why I'm hoping that they can be competitive, at least up until the deadline, where it's like, okay, you know, we had these three prospects. They played well. We're going to go make these moves. We want to go on a run. Obviously, I want them to go on a run every single year. You know, like, that. that's what I want to see. Now, there are times where you take a step back. And, Isaac, I think me and you kind of feel a little bit differently about this because you're kind of like, okay, look, you got the you got the young guys that are going to come up in the next couple of years, and you have some question marks. You don't really have the money. There's not, like, a ton of reason to, like, to have as much faith, I guess, in them than you should have last year. But at the same time, it's like, dude, they they have older players. Like, they have a lot of money tied up. Fernando's contract is just going to keep climbing. They have to pay Darvish a few more years. Now, Musgrove's on a great contract, but, like, if he gets hurt, then it's like, okay, well, shoot. You know, like, there's so many risks. There's so many scary parts of the team where it's like, you do have these young guys coming up, but all your money is tied up in a win-now state. Like, and what happens if you don't win now is you trade those guys away. That's what happens in sports. That's what you see. That's what always what happens. That would that's worst case scenario. But like, if you don't if you're not competitive this year, I think it's not likely necessarily, but it could happen. Especially because we don't know where the Potters are ownership wise. You know what I mean? Like we don't know what's gonna happen with that. They could it could be really bad. So that's the part I'm scared about. Like where it's like, dude, you need to just hit on a couple guys. Like, and the fact that. It's like, oh, you only have 25 mil, but you have all these holes in your roster and you traded Juan Soto. It's like, dude, well, what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? It's risky to bring up Jackson Merrill. I, I think everyone just has like decided like he's going to come up and be at least an average player. He might not. And th that's okay. Like that's reasonable for him, like for where he's at. But like just expecting guys to just come up and just have success. Look at look at Pedro Avila for, for a minute. How long did it take him? to have like a good half season. We liked him a, a few years ago. It was like 2019 when he first came in the league and it was obviously injuries and stuff, but like most guys are like that. Look at Luis Campusano. When is he, we see him COVID year, right? That was the first time we saw him. It took what three more seasons until he became like a, a, a contributing player. It, it doesn't like, you don't just have these prospects come up and just immediately produce. It's so rare. Like we saw that with Fernando and I guess we saw that with Jake Cronenworth because he got traded, but like, that's not what you typically see. So even like CJ Abrams, who everyone, I don't know why people don't like CJ Abrams, but I still get confused by that. Guys, CJ Abrams is ahead of schedule. He's way ahead of schedule. So he's like 20 years old and he's a decent ball player. Like he had a, a bad like end of the season, I want to say, but it's like he still flashed potential a bunch. Like, so that's what you're looking for when you have these young players. If half your roster, if half your hitters are guys like that, your lineup's gonna be awful. So that's the part that's scary, dude. And, and that's why I'm like, where it comes to this conversation, it's a, it's a crappy conversation to have, but it's like, it seems like they are. And if they are, it's really scary for what the future looks like, what all that stuff looks like. If they can get a couple guys, you know, we were talking about, and we not like we want this guy, but like you said, Isaac, you said Joey Gallo signed for five mil, right? It's those type of contracts. They need to, to bet on guys like that and they need to hit on them. That's what it's going to come down to this year. That's what I honestly think. And of course, your superstars, not playing like superstars, but playing like mega stars this year. Like that is what the Padres have to bank on. And hopefully you have, have some prospects and you can make some moves at the deadline. 
it's really, it's really about just keeping your head afloat, staying above 500. Like, and also it's funny, Isaac, because last time we talked about this was 2022. That was the same conversation we had. So if you want to be positive, that is the same conversation we were having. And that's what everyone felt like because it was coming off that 2021 collapse. And then it, you know, went all crazy, but that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like I, I am concerned, but it's, it's a, it's still a to be determined where they're at. If it's 25 mil, then it's going to depend on, can you hit on that 25 mil? It could be less than 25 mil though. Like let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like they have not, they have, it's like nothing. Like they, they have done nothing. So besides two relievers. So. Yeah. And, and you brought up 2022 and you're absolutely right. The last time we were talking about something like this was 2022. And we all know what happened in 2022, very successful season. Now, not to be a Debbie Downer, <laughs> um, counter argument, counterpoint to 2022 was going into 2022. That rotation was nasty. Going into it, not ending it. Going into it, you Darvish was great throughout the season. Sean Manaya was solid throughout the first half of the season. Mackenzie Gore was solid. Um, Joe Musgrove was fantastic. Joe Musgrove was shut down. Um, Blake Snell didn't have a great first half, but had a fantastic second half. Um, who am I missing? I'm missing somebody. Uh, Mike Clevenger. We were expecting Mike Clevenger later in the season. He didn't do very well throughout the season, but he had a solid few starts here and there. Um, so even though the offense wasn't putting up major numbers, remember the offense was like middle of the pack or lower than that throughout the season up until um, the playoffs. The reason the Padres were in so many games or were winning so many games um, at the beginning of the season was because their rotation was top of the line. It was one of the best rotations. Now, Let's look at this year, right? Your number one and number two are you, Darvish, and Joe Musgrove. Then you just have a bunch of young guys that have barely pitched in the MLB before, whereas the year before that, Manias had a bunch of MLB innings. Uh, Gore was a top prospect in the MLB. Um, Clevenger had a bunch of MLB innings. There were guys up and down. Nick Martinez had MLB innings before, and he had solid starts here and there, but he was in our bullpen after that, and he was fantastic out of the bullpen, and he was cheap. Suarez was cheap traded for hater and he was great from september onward i mean it's it doesn't get talked about enough how amazing that 2022 pitching staff was it was lights out top from top to bottom for the most part it was shut down um and the unfortunate part about that is that 2023 wasn't much of a difference from 2022 in terms of the pitching staff you had a much better pitching you have a you had a damn good pitching staff numbers wise you're one of the top rotations in baseball you're one of the top staffs in baseball and that was your best chance to win. That was your best chance to win, considering the Dodgers didn't have a barely even had a rotation in in the playoffs. The Diamondbacks, you easily could have beat the Diamondbacks. The Phillies took out Atlanta. I mean, your best chance was last year, and your best players didn't perform as if they were your best players. That goes for everyone, other than um, other than Juan Soto, at the plate at least. Fernando put up like an insane amount of outs above average. He was fantastic out on the field at the plate. He struggled for a good majority of the second half of the season. And that's nothing against him. I fully expect him to have an Acuna type bounce back, but in the year that you were expected to win damn near hundred games and go to the world series, you put up 83 wins and that's with the rotation that wasn't even that bad. So now you're looking at this year and you're saying, well, we only put up 83 wins in a year where we had one of the top staffs in baseball. On paper, we had a damn good lineup. Now you're going into this year saying, what even is our rotation? 
who is a lefty in our rotation? What does our bullpen look like? We probably know what our bullpen looks like. That's probably the least of our worries. But who the hell even is in our lineup other than the big three stars and Haseon Kim and Jake Cronenworth? I don't know. Luis Capusano, probably. Now we need two other outfielders. We need DH. I don't know what we need. We need so much. Quite frankly, the lineup to me is more important, as I said earlier. But this is a type of year where there's more question marks surrounding this year than going into 2022. Going into 2022, you knew you'd have to battle until Fernando got back. Now, granted, you never got Fernando back, but you got Juan Soto. You got Josh Bell. You got Brandon Jury, Josh Hader. You got some studs at the deadline. And it paid off. You had a really good postseason run. Unfortunately, you just ran into a team that was hotter. Now, going into this year, I don't know what to expect, man. I This isn't like that year. And again, we have no money. We don't, we, we have maybe 25 million. Haseon Kim's name's been thrown around a lot. And I know people don't like that. It makes sense if they do do it. If they don't do it, hey, we get to keep one of the more fun players that's on the Padres. It's a win-win either way, I think. Um, now, a lot of people's argument to that is the Seoul series, the Korean series. Now, I'm sorry, but if your argument is that you're focusing on one series rather than the whole season. So it, it's what, two games in Korea? Come on. Be realistic. I'd much rather win than get a bunch of money from two games in Korea. It's 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 also a... let's not act like anyone really has any estimate of like how much they're gonna make. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So and and either way, that series is still gonna no matter what, that series is gonna make a bunch of money for them, however it goes. People are gonna go watch Shohei, Yamamoto, whatever it is, right? Um, so no, he's not gonna be the sole reason that business is booming over there. So let's not overreact to two games in Korea and say we need to keep them because our first two games are in Korea. We need to keep – if we're going to keep them, it's because he gives us the best chance to win throughout the season. And if we're going to get rid of him, it's because the other guy gives us the best chance to win throughout the season. Um, and quite frankly, with the direction that the Padres are going with the money that they have, it might be the best move. We don't know what the best move is. Um, now, I hope they have more money than what we're being told. But right now – we are looking at a imbalanced roster. Um, I don't even want to say top heavy because I don't really know who who we can consider top heavy considering that the years that some of these guys are coming off of. Um, but yeah, we're not looking at, at a at a team that we're saying, hey, maybe this team can win a hundred games like we were last year. We're looking and saying, hopefully, this team can win 86, 87 and squeak in. And also, hopefully, that you're trying to get to the deadline and like make moves. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the NL is a lot better this year. Like, so yeah. I, I mean, maybe it sounds. I feel like maybe some people are gonna be like, "Oh, you guys are so pessimistic," but it's like, guys, let's be realistic here. Like, that's what we're rooting for. So yeah, I think that's where we're at. We're gonna find out a lot. Um, I was looking up the date. Actually, it's February 13th that uh, pitchers and catchers report. That is three weeks from today. Oh, exactly three weeks from today. So you got 21 days. Hopefully the market heats up. Hopefully we can get a lot of stuff out to you. If the Padres make any moves, we will definitely make a video at least that day, probably right at the right at the time they make a move, um, like we've done in the past. But yeah, guys, I think that's it for for today. Uh, we'll be talking about some other free agent stuff um, later this week, like throughout this week. But 
hopefully hopefully we start seeing a couple moves and hopefully some guys were like hey this guy could really bounce back uh we talked about uh was it james paxton he got signed by the dodgers that was a guy that we really liked um there's still other guys there's ryu um there's i mean we talked about jock we've talked about like solaire you know we've talked about a lot of guys like that like power bats too but we'll, we'll see if any of them end up coming back who knows maybe maybe some crazy happens and blake snell's like you know what i'm going i'm, I'm taking the the not hometown, but I, I I like it here, so I'm taking the discount. I, I don't think that's gonna happen, but never say never, I guess, right? So hopefully, hopefully that's what goes down. I mean, that's what I'd, I'd like to see, but we'll see what ends up going down with all these moves. So thank you all for listening, and let us know if there's anything free agent wise that you want us to talk about because we definitely will. So see y'all soon, and have a great rest of your day.